Wrigley's Spearmint Gum presents The Howard Miller Show. And now here with Music on Records is Howard Miller. Thank you very much, Ed Joyce. Good morning, everyone. It's a perfectly gorgeous day here in the Middle West, and wherever you're listening to The Wrigley Show, I hope it's just as pleasant in your hometown. We're here for the Wrigley people, of course, who make a fine product that we're happy to talk about called Wrigley Spearman Chewing Gum. We're particularly enthused today about our travels because we're going to travel out to the glamorous setting of the Malibu Beach residence of Mr. Gordon Jenkins, a man who has contributed as much to the scene of American music as I suppose any other composer in the world. So you'll be hearing from Gordy a little while later, and also, of course, his latest record that he's made for the label X. We're going to talk a little bit about Wrigley and about the trivia of this day. This day, of course, is Thursday, August the 18th, and a swell day to get underway by listening to a good vocal by J.P. Morgan called Swanee. I never thought I'd miss you so Somehow I feel Your love was real Near you I long to be The birds are singing in a song time The band is dropping soft and low I know that you yearn for me too Swanee, you're calling me Swanee, how I love you How I love you, my dear old Swanee I'd give the world to be among the folks in DIXI, I even know my mammy's waiting for me, praying for me down by the Swanee. The folks up north will see me no more when I get to that Swanee Exciting, provocative sound. That's Miss J.P. Morgan, a little girl who is scheduled for one of our broadcasts at a future date, and a fine Victor recording that came out almost in the footsteps of the old Al Jolson standard called Swanee. You know, it's real testimony to a product where wherever you go, you can buy that product. And while I haven't been in every city in every state of the Union or even in every country of this United of this world of ours, I can assure you that no matter where you go, you're able to buy Wrigley Spearman chewing gum. Now, as I said before, that's tremendous testimony to the quality and the value and the good benefits of Wrigley's and of any product. 
Because if you can go to a foreign land and buy the product that you're used to having in your own hometown, chances are that product is bound to be good. And thus is the story of Wrigley Spearman Chewing Gum. Naturally, we prefer that you always carry a pack with you, but if you're without Wrigley Spearman, just remember wherever you go today, drugstore, grocery store, wherever it is, out on the highways, most gas stations, you're able to pick up this wonderful product. And even the name alone implies a cool, friendly taste. Wrigley Spearman Chewing Gum. I hope that you'll try it at your earliest opportunity. I know that you know the product. It's the finest you can buy. You get some, will you? Wrigley Spearmint Chewing Gum. Well, whenever I listen to the words Malibu Beach, it always conjures up a very glamorous setting. And so be it today, because there in the beach home of Mr. Gordon Jenkins, our CBS engineers have set up facilities for this particular broadcast. Gordon, how's the weather out in California? Well, Howard, it just couldn't be any better. It's about 70, the sun's out bright, there's no wind, and it's just wonderful today. You know, the other day we had uh, one of your Californians on this broadcast, and they gave us the same story. And what I want to find out, Dr. Anthony, is whether or not you're all on the payroll of the Chamber of Commerce. Is it really always nice out there? No, it's not always, Howard. It's been pretty bad, as a matter of fact. It's been foggy and and a little on the chilly side. Yes. But, uh, uh, where is Malibu in, in uh, respect to Los Angeles, say, Gordy? It's about uh, 35 miles from uh, Hollywood, Howard, it's a 25-mile stretch of beach, and uh, it's about an hour's drive from Hollywood out to the beach. I see. Then you're very close, for instance, to a city like Santa Monica, which is right on the water. Uh, 22 miles from Santa Monica, yeah. yes. Now, as I said before, that always conjures up a, a glamorous setting because, naturally, we back here read of the great Hollywood stars who have their homes there. Why is that particularly a settlement? Is it a, a delightful setting or what, Gordon, that everybody likes to live out there? Well, it's uh, warmer in the winter, hard, and it's a lot cooler in the summer. And uh, I don't know, there's something about the ocean that kind of grows on you, and people come down and visit in the summertime and move down in the winter. Yes, well, is this a year-round home that you live in there, or do you just move there for the summer months? No, we've been. I've lived here for nine years. Oh, you have? Yeah, I'm right smack on the water. Uh-huh. Well, they tell me that it's a great spot, so maybe one of these days, Gordy, I'm going to have the opportunity of coming out and having a cup of coffee with you sometime. Well, I wish you would. It's, uh... Gordon, let's talk a little bit about this great career of yours as a man of music. Certainly, your contribution has been tremendous. Now, you're a member of a great talent roster on Label X, the Victor subsidiary, and this is a, a new assignment for you, isn't it? Yes, it is, Howard. I've been with X since the 1st of January. Um, prior to that, of course, you were with Decca. I was with Decca for nine years, yes. yes. where you sold a slew of records, uh, and I think the one that bears mentioning more than any other is that great Manhattan Towers. Gordon, uh, what was the inspiration behind Manhattan Towers when you wrote it? Well, I went to New York and uh, had a, I saved up some money to have myself a little vacation and moved into a hotel called the Ritz Tower there and had a lot of people out and had a lot of fun, and uh, I've always loved New York. And when I got home, I started writing down what had happened back there and ended up being Manhattan Tower. Yes. Would you say then, therefore, it was pretty much a distillation of your own experiences? Yeah. It's, uh, the names in it are real. Noah, the waiter, was a real waiter. He's now an insurance salesman in Brooklyn. Is that right? And uh, all the people, all the names on the record were real people. Well, now, Gordon, uh, unlike most albums, that had a great popular acceptance. And despite the fact that for a long while it was banned from radio, Decca wouldn't give us the release on it. Of course, now they've lifted that ban, and it's being played by disc jockeys. I suppose that has become as much of a standard piece of music and a narrative poem as anything else that's ever been written. It must have a tremendous sale every year, doesn't it? Yeah, we've sold over half a million records. Incidentally, Howard, it's almost ten years to the day that I wrote the thing. Is that right? Ten years ago? Just almost to this day, yeah. Well, I know that practically everyone that's listening to us this morning has probably heard Manhattan Towers, but if they haven't, I just want to give it a little plug because I think it's one of the most delightful things that anybody has ever written. How long did it take you to complete it, Gordy? I wrote it in a week, Howard. Is that right? Music and the words? Yeah, well, I was stuck. I had to do it in a week. I had a week off, and I was so excited about my trip that I just stayed with it. It uh, would generally take a lot longer than that. Yes, but... 
Well, now, in your writing, Gordon, do you find that you can usually sit down and create something, or do you have to be inspired? Do you have to feel something before you can actually write what you consider good writing? Well, uh, I think you have to feel right. It's, uh, if you have a job to do, after all, I've been doing it for a long time. If I have to write something to order for next Friday, I'll have uh, acceptable uh, composition done by then, you know. Yes. But uh, to really jump, I think you have to be in a pretty good humor and feel have something uh, that's kind of inspires you to do it. Well, certainly most of the great things that are turned out by writers are turned out in a moment of inspiration rather than uh, an assignment, isn't it? Yeah, for instance, in Seven Dreams, I wrote the first three dreams in about four days, and it was two years before I got the rest of them done. You, know, you, 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 you just couldn't get the feel for the rest of it, was that it? Uh, yeah, I just couldn't get uh, started, and uh, I'm kind of lazy, and I just let it slide. Yes. Finally, finally, Jimmy Hilliard insisted that I finish it, so I did. I think it was Frank Lesser uh, here in Chicago one time told me that practically every songwriter has a whole trunk full of manuscripts uh, that have never been published, that he's never even exposed to the world. Is that generally true with most writers? Is it true with you, Gordon? It's true with me. I was just uh, cleaning up my studio the other day. I found about 19 songs that I've never made any attempt to record or have published or anything. Well, now, how do you know that there isn't a potential hit lurking there among those 19? Well, I don't. I just, uh, I'm lazy. <laughs> also, <laughs> well, when you're out in that Malibu beach surrounding, I can certainly understand and appreciate the fact that you would be. Are you in beach togs now? Uh, just about, yeah, just about what the law allows. You go in for a dip every day, huh? Uh, as soon as uh, you and I are through, I'll be in that ocean. Oh, I envy you. Don't swallow too much of that salt water. <laughs> now, Gordon, you've got this fine new record that's breaking out for a hit across the country. Your orchestra and chorus, I think I should properly call it, Gordon Jenkins' orchestra and chorus, a label X recording of Good Night, Sweet Dreams. Let's listen to it. All right. Good So inviting, your eyes deep as wine How well I remember when they were all mine Your arms sweet and tender, your hair soft and bright Where are you, my darling? Where are you tonight? Good night, sweet dreams, Mary Lou fault was my own I left you I lost you to walk all alone now I am the one dear who cries in the night where are you my darling where are you tonight good night sweet dreams Mary Lou I should have remembered that you held my heart. I know you will never again cross my side. Where are you, my darling? Where are you tonight? Good night, sweet dreams, Mary Lou. Good night. 
Oh, that's such a warm, wholesome sound. I just love it. That's going to be a tremendous hit. Gordon Jenkins, the orchestra and the chorus with his label X recording of Good Night, Sweet Dreams, Good Night. Uh, Gordon, just one last pointed question to you, because I know that you, being the man of music that you are, can probably give me a good and reasonable answer. Where does rhythm and blues fit into the picture of American music today? Is it a trend, a fad, or is it a part of our established heritage now? Well, I think it's a, I don't think it's a trend. All right, after all, they always had it. It's just it never got the attention that it's gotten in the last couple of years. Uh, I have uh, teenage children, and they bring these records down, and I pull out records that I played when I was their age, and they're the same thing. The outside of a change of style, it's just that the uh, disc jockeys uh, never paid much attention to uh, that kind of a record until the last couple of years. I don't know what brought that about. Yes, well, actually, then, the kids are not becoming radical in their tastes. It's just no, something that was a dormant desire. That's right. I think they've always had uh, that sort of records. At least I certainly have had them in my uh, collection right through the years. Yes. Well, I want to thank you very, very much, Gordon, for taking time off from the swimming lessons this morning with the teenage <laughs> kids. Thanks a lot for being a part of our Wrigley Spearman Chewing Gum Show. Thank you, Howard. It's been wonderful. Thank you. That was Gordon Jenkins from the glamorous setting of Malibu Beach out in Los Angeles, California. And this is Howard Miller from Chicago. It's been delightful for me being here with you again for Wrigley Spearman Chewing Gum. Remember, you can buy it in every country of the world, but you take a pack with you. Wrigley Spearman Chewing Gum. See you tomorrow. Bye for now. You've just heard The Howard Miller Show with music on records brought to you from Chicago by Wrigley's Spearmint Gum. Be sure and join Howard Miller tomorrow at the same time when his guests will be the four lads from the Mulebach Hotel in Kansas City. This is the CBS Radio Network.